0: Welcome to Ask a Pastor, the podcast where you can ask the pastor, well, anything. In this episode, Pastor Chip Stevens is joined by one of the ministry team at First Baptist Jackson to answer your question. Now let's join Chip and his guest in the studio.
1: Hey, want to welcome you to episode four of our Ask a Pastor podcast. Again, we appreciate so much. You submitting questions to us for us to be able to discuss together. Your questions have really been great. You're stretching us and helping us to grow in our faith as we seek to help you grow in your faith. So thank you so much for submitting those questions, and we can't encourage you enough. Please continue sending them to us. Uh, Like last week, again, we have Stephen Smith, who is our pastor to college students and Young Singles, as our guest today. But this time, Stephen, we're going to kind of switch roles. You're actually going to serve as host, and you have yeah. a question for me that somebody has submitted. Which is the greatest place to be. I get to ask you the question <laughs> and you get to answer. And I bet this question is a question that you've heard from a lot of college students.
0: So. It is. It yeah. is. Well, there's, there's, it all kind of works together. Yeah. But this person who, who sent us the question said, this is for Chips. So this really is oh, No true. getting out of that way. Exactly. Yeah. But it said, I remember you discussing the phrase, God hardened their hearts last year. You explained it so well, but I didn't take notes and have forgotten. Would you please explain this again? So I guess the question is, what does it mean when you read in Scripture that God hardened somebody's hearts? What does that look like?
1: You know, this person forgot to take notes, and boy, I wish that I had kept notes. Because <laughs> I, I wish I knew exactly what the person was talking to and exactly. the reference there. Exactly. Um, you know, to attempt to answer that question... God hardening people's hearts. Um, I think this came up in my D group actually not long ago. A lot of people, I think, get tripped up, particularly in the passage in Exodus regarding Moses appearing before Pharaoh. Right, Right. Because God told Moses on the front end and I don't remember which chapter it was. But God told Moses on the front end, you're you're gonna go to Pharaoh and you're gonna ask that he let the people go and he's not gonna do it. Mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. he, he tells him they're not gonna do it. And, right. and he says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of us, you know, that kind of gives us pause. You know what, wow, is God really gonna harden somebody's heart so that he doesn't have a he doesn't have a chance? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when you further examine the scripture particularly the context, okay? For one, it's important to remember that Pharaoh had been rebelling against God for a long, long time. I mean, this wasn't, as they say, it wasn't Pharaoh's first rodeo, right? right. It, wasn't his, it wasn't his first rebellion against God. Right. In fact, Pharaoh himself was considered a god mm-hmm. to the Egyptian people. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're talking about years of rebelling against the true God. The other thing that's important when you actually read that particular passage, if you remember, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he demands that Pharaoh let the Israelites go from the four hundred and thirty years of slavery. So you Mm -hmm. talk about a long time, a long time. Yeah. And each time that Pharaoh, um, I'm sorry, each time that Moses goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh refuses to let the people go there's a plague that comes upon Pharaoh in the land. Mm-hmm. And as you remember, there were 10 plagues. Well, when you examine the scripture, the first five times that Moses goes to Pharaoh, the first five plagues that come as a result, it says in the scripture some variation of, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. Mm. It doesn't say God hardened his heart. Mm-hmm. It says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. Mm -hmm. Then when you get to plague six and following, you see where the scripture says, and God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Now that Mm -hmm. brings up what's called judicial hardening, Mm -hmm. where God who is just, God who is the judge, has pronounced judgment on Pharaoh in the form of his heart being hardened. But again, in the context of that passage, the Scripture clearly states with the first five times, with the first five plagues, that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And so I think where a lot of people get confused is when they see again on the front end, God says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Well, God who is sovereign, who is over all and knows all things from before the world was ever created, Mm -hmm. of course... You know, God knew how this was going to mm-hmm. to, to, to come about, mm-hmm. and so God was clearly hardening Pharaoh's heart in order to show the magnificence of His glory mm-hmm. and His strength and power over all of the gods of Egypt, including Pharaoh himself. And so we see where clearly God knows that when when He's talking to Moses and sending Him. But it's also important to recognize that Pharaoh couldn't blame his situation on God. Right. Right. Pharaoh right. couldn't say, well, you know, God, Harden I made the decisions that I did because you didn't give me a chance. Right. You hardened my heart. No. Yep. Pharaoh was exposed to gospel truth, essentially. Pharaoh was exposed to who God is and the truth of God. And Pharaoh rebelled against God. And after he had hardened his own heart several times, then God hardens Pharaoh's heart.
0: And it, it's almost uh, a, a a good thing when we see the ability of God to make those decisions <laughs> to say, oh, wow. "Hey, wow. yeah, I mean, he he can do whatever he wants, but if he can harden or allow someone to keep operating in a pattern they're in, then he's also a sovereign God got the power to open their eyes." Absolutely, and, and to redeem them and to Absolutely. give them opportunity to come to Him.
1: So. The, and, that's, and that's the wonderful part about a passage like that is you see the sovereignty of God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a believer, we look at a passage like that and we can see God is so strong and so powerful, Pharaoh is no match to Him. Mm-hmm. God yes. is over all the kings of the land. And as a believer, what an incredible boost that is to our faith as we trust in Him. The exactly. problem we run into is we try to explain an infinite, all-powerful God with our finite minds, right. Right? right? I mean, we because we learned how to write cursive in the second grade and we learned multiplication tables at least by the time we were in the 10th grade or whatever. <laughs> I was a little slower than most. Me too. But, but you know, because we've, we've done that mm-hmm. and we can explain maybe how to uh, build a car or build a house or fix a faucet, then then we have we we should be able to know the mind of God and 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 we don't. I mean, God right. is just far greater and far more powerful and has far more wisdom than we possibly can know. But man, when you see the sovereignty of God on display, like in a passage like that, you see His grace, mm-hmm. but you also see His justice. Exactly. And we want a God who is just. Right got to be both
0: absolutely that's great that's great well another question that that maybe doesn't completely relate to that but still kind of lends itself to the struggle i think that so many of us have of just how god works but also how that translates into our human choices yeah, yeah. and the decisions we make and, and one question that that we've been asked is you know what do you say to somebody who is doubting their salvation based on past mistakes that they've made or patterns of sin that are are hard to to break away from or people who maybe go through a time of life that they feel like maybe their heart is hardened. Now, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. maybe they're to the extent that Pharaoh's heart has been hardened if they're noticing the hardening within themselves, but, you know, those doubts that the enemy can, can create over our behavior that, Says something maybe about how God views us, or how secure we are in His love. Yeah. And so, you know, what would you say to somebody struggling with, you know, I look at my life and I see these periods of my life where my heart seemed hard, or that I just made so many mistakes that I left God completely out. But I know back maybe when I was nine or ten, I I prayed to receive Christ, and I really believed that that was a moment that that I came into relationship with Him. But yet there were periods of backsliding yeah. or other. How do I
1: know that I'm secure? I mean, you know, how, yeah. how do you sum that up and give them hope? So I guess the question there is maybe a person who is backslidden, person made some mistakes, a little bit of a panic when they look at a passage like that in Exodus and says, oh, my goodness, does this mean my heart's been hardened? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> there are several answers to that. The first answer that I would say is if a person is concerned about whether or not their heart has been hardened, that's a sign that it hasn't. Right, right. Pharaoh wasn't asking that question, right? Right. Pharaoh didn't care. Pharaoh, yeah. he had made his choice. He was not gonna bow down to God mm-hmm. and God judicially, judiciously hardened his heart. Mm-hmm. So for the person who is concerned about that, I would tell that person, well, that's really good sign number one, mm-hmm. right? Because there is a reason why you're feeling a little bit of, conv- we'd call that conviction. Conviction,
0: for sure. There's a for
1: reason sure. why you're feeling conviction and if God was not at work in your life, you wouldn't be feeling conviction. Conviction right. is a sure sign that God's at work. So I would, first of all, begin to try to settle a person with that. Mm-hmm. The second part of that is, you know, it's a tricky thing, Steve, because I, I never want to convince a person that they're saved when they're not. Right. right? You know, that's, a, that's a really, uh, that's, a, that's an edge you don't want to cross. Right. Clearly, you know, Jesus, for instance, says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. So I think sometimes it's dangerous for people to hang their hat on a baptismal certificate than they got when they were eight. Sure. Because sure. the question there is, well, what actually happened when you were eight? Right, right. right. And so salvation is not determined by whether or not somebody walked down an aisle and whether or not somebody was baptized. Those, as we say oftentimes, are outward manifestations of an inward reality. Mm -hmm. The question is, are there fruits in your life that show evidence of the fact that the Spirit's living within you? Right, that you're surrendered to God. Absolutely. Now, at the same time though, As we talked about this in one of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago, Uh, Romans 7, for instance, Paul is just struggling with, you know, man, what I want to do, I don't do. What Mm -hmm. I don't want to do, I do. You know, and the question is, how can that be happening if the Spirit really lives in me? Mm -hmm. Well, Scripture also says we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. The reality is when we give our lives to Christ, Christ comes to live within us. We are new but we still live in unredeemed flesh. Exactly. And this flesh, and unfortunately every time I look at mine, it look, it's getting older every day. It's mm-hmm. decaying. Yeah. And so we are living in these unredeemed bodies. And so we are going to continue to face temptation. David faced it. Paul faced it. Peter faced it. I mean, we all are going to struggle. And there are going to be times that we fall. Sure. But just because we sin doesn't mean that we've lost our salvation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the scripture actually tells us that, you know, Jesus says, All that the Father gives to me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul says in Romans, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate. Us from a love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's where we get that principle once saved, always saved. Yes. The question for the individual has to be were you really saved? Right. And then the difficult part is I can't answer that for somebody. Exactly. They have to be able to determine was there a time in my life when I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I had no hope without God, that my brokenness was a result of my sin. And Jesus was the only way that I could be saved, but God in His grace and mercy provided a way of rescue for me through Jesus and I trusted in Him and Him alone for my salvation. And so if a person has trusted in Jesus as Savior and Lord and they've made mistakes, the question is, are you feeling conviction about those mistakes and are you repenting of them? Exactly what direction are you going well we talked a couple of weeks ago about david and you know david is known for some high level sins exactly. right exactly. but he's also known as a man after god's own heart right well being right. a man after god's own heart didn't mean that he was perfect right but it means that he learned from his mistakes he yes. was grieved by his mistakes. Exactly. He repented and he turned to God. So that's that's it. a longer answer than probably well, no, you're looking and for. You,
0: yeah, and that's the attitude you got to look for. And I think you know you mentioned the Paul passage about you know him talking about that you know that he did things he didn't want to do and the things he didn't want to do he did, and he goes on in there to talk about he re, re, the reality of the war that he recognized was raging in him against his yes. flesh, and I think that's what everybody's got to realize you know to a degree that we're always going to be waging war against the flesh. That's right. There's always going to be a battle. That's right. And in a battle, sometimes there's going to be victories and sometimes there's going to be losses. Not to negate that we just excuse, you know, failure um, and are okay with it, but yet I think so many times people beat, especially people who are dealing with a a pattern of sin or addiction or so many things that, you know, can just rob them of any confidence because they're looking
1: at behavior rather than looking at the grace and mercy of God. That's right. And I, and that's where I feel good about like the question that you asked. Because if you if you say okay, well I'm 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 going to be battling this war of unredeemed flesh and if a person says well it, you know I'm just going to give up, I mean I'm just then that's a problem, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. evidence that the spirit is not living within you. Right. It's right. it's not an excuse to sin. Exactly we should grieve our sin. I mean, our sin cost Jesus his life on the cross. Sin is a huge deal. Yes. And so we can never be just okay with our sin. Right. Uh, so we need to be convicted by that. And so in response to the question you asked, when a person is looking at their sin and they're going, oh my word, does this mean? I would begin with them by saying, that's a good sign that God is at work in you. Right. And God is drawing you back into himself through conviction and helping sure. you to think about coming to him I'd, I'd sure. say that's a good thing good word. good word yeah well thank you Stephen. i, I appreciate I that and again boy great question hopefully next time a uh, question is asked about a former sermon maybe i'll have notes from that sermon and, that, <laughs> and i can be more direct about that but thank you so much for submitting that question and again please continue to submit questions we love this thank you for joining us For this episode of Ask a Pastor, see you next time.
0: Do you have a question to ask a pastor? You can send it to us by visiting firstbaptistjackson.org slash APP or message us on social media. You can find us at FBJacksonMS on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it. Thanks again for joining us for Ask a Pastor.